0: The evil of corruption reaches into every corner of the world. Corruption lies at the heart of the most urgent problems we face. Welcome to Confidential
1: Brief, where Chad Thomas takes you into the stories behind the issues facing our society. We're joined in studio by my friend, Dr. Reza Patel, who is... I would call an anti-crime activist, but I'm going to let him explain to you more about what he actually does when it comes to community policing forums, and in particular, bringing together organizations that want to fight crime. Dr. Patel, welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. So, Dr. Patel, let's start off. What is it that you do with the CPFs? What
0: is it that you do with public-private partnerships? If I unpack it for you, um, there are different hats that I wear. So if we look at the CPF itself, at local level, I am the chairperson of a CPF at station level, uh, as well as the cluster chairperson of an area. I sit on the provincial police board as an executive member. Uh, I'm the PRO for Gauteng in terms of the community police board. And uh, at those levels, we apply our constitution and we bring people together in terms of their actions in civil society uh, to represent needs, fears, threats, issues in their environments um, and take those issues to the South African Police Service and other services and vis-a-vis. So we build bridges between the partnerships and our entity that has made us representatives to that particular relationship
1: if uh, you from the security industry or the private investigation industry you would have seen tweets you would have seen facebook posts it's normally in capital letters and it talks about crimes that are in progress we call them alpha crimes and most of those are retweets or They copied and pasted from a network called the Crime Air Network, and that is something that Dr. Patel created some years back, so that crimes, as they were being committed, could be communicated out to the public, so that the public could stay away from certain places, and that the emergency services, obviously, that may not have heard the calls over the radio, etc., or other security companies, can also respond. Um, Over the years, I noticed you haven't really taken offense to the fact that people just cut and paste and use those posts all in sundry to promote their own brands, etc. But be that as it may, I believe in giving credit where credit is due. How did the Crime Air Network come about and what is the the
0: basis for it? I became very frustrated with the fact that we have limited types of platforms at the time, of course, to communicate outward uh, any sort of threat, any sort of uh, issue that was occurring. And I I had an issue about people being very selective and uh, trying to hide away information pertaining to crimes. You'll find that schools don't necessarily let the people know instantly that something's happened there. They try and mask it. They, they're just one entity. Um, security companies that are out there do exactly the same thing. Uh, then you've got, uh, when I say security companies, I'm talking about those that are not out there to do real community service. Um, you find that they try and hide information away so that they can capitalize on the market, so that they can be the first responders there, uh, you know, advertising themselves, etc. And the community are truly in need of information to protect themselves, their families, their neighbors, their environments. So, for example, if there was a shooting in X place that had taken place, firstly, there's a traffic impact that would occur Secondly, people could be running around with firearms. Thirdly, there could be somebody injured. Uh, The other thing could be that there could be a need for the various uh, role players to arrive on that scene. At the time when I commenced the particular thing, we found that there was a very bad service delivery delay. Um, And utilizing my platform, I found that um, the various service providers started joining the platform. And from that service, uh, what had happened is we were able to mobilize the correct resources in the right direction. Uh, Many of those that have foresight um, actually take from the tweets. I smiled at you when you said people copy and and post. I don't mind that at all. In in fact, I may have created that particular uh, bit of information, but I shouldn't necessarily own it. I should disseminate it. And if someone else is putting it out there, they should feel rather somewhat small to put it out as their own. But I don't need the credit for it. Uh, we just need people to know that something's happened. So if they are, that's very good. We're achieving. Well,
1: if you as the public want to follow it, it's at Crime Air Network. It's on Twitter. And uh, what makes it unique is that uh, Dr. Reza has zero people that he follows, but literally tens of thousands of people that follow. Because it most probably is the most up-to-date Twitter handle in South Africa of crimes that are in progress and the impact it has, like you said, and something I didn't take into consideration, that if there's been a CRT robbery on the highway, there's going to be traffic backed up for miles and miles and miles. So unlike Pig Spotter, that I think is highly illegal and should be banned for what it does, and I'm not sure you're going to get a lot of flack for that, at least the Crime Air Network is giving real-time real information that impacts on you and is not in any way hindering law enforcement, but in fact, push law enforcement, both private and, and public, to the right direction. So that's one aspect now, and that must
0: take up some of your time. Do you have people that are helping you with that particular Twitter feed? Not uh, on the posting side, but on the retweet side, yes, absolutely. Um, I manage it alone, but I do think that it should, be, uh, it should draw more attention in terms of assistance. I do have a lot of support from my management committee on the side of CCIN, but recently we also created a Twitter page for the Gauteng Community Police Board. Because I found that my own tweets should not necessarily be those of the police board itself. And the police board also needs a face. We're going to take a break. When
1: we come back, we're going to take some questions from our, our listeners that are coming through. And we're going to talk more about what exactly is the Gauteng Police Board and why community police forums have taken the form and shape they have and what the Constitution says about every police station needing a community policing forum. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on Ghai FM. We're having a very interesting conversation today with Dr. Riza Patel, who wears a number of caps. Uh, he is the PRO for the Gauteng um, Policing Board. He sits as the head of the cluster for a particular region, um, CPF, as well as a station, CPF. We have a couple of questions that are coming in. The first question, um, how does one go about building a solid relationship with SAPs and patrollers, for example, a community policing forum and a way
0: forward for a healthy working relationship that is currently not Working, Yeah, that's the broken wheel syndrome, isn't it? So one needs to go back to where they initially commenced. What normally happens is with CPFs, they continue and you'll have a bandage put on, have a little plaster put on at some point, and it's assumed that everything's okay, but it's not. So I want to tell everybody that it's very easy to fix that, and we need to go back to where we started. So a community police forum is not a little... Um, group of people that got together and decided we must do something. It is a statutory body. That means in terms of law, it was created, it came about, it now exists. Technically, it's the only legislated uh, body that exists out there to have a relationship between the police partnership and the community. You can have a hundred other bodies, and they can all talk to the police, and they're all welcome to. The reality is this type of relationship is not one where the police can um, assume something or turn away from. They're obliged to be there. They have to. You know, the difference is shall. The word shall is very important in terms of law, and I think your lawmakers would understand that, versus um, accommodate. So the, the other entities are accommodated. In other words, if Chad walked into a police station and wanted a meeting about something, they could accommodate him, whereas with a CPF – it shall be a relationship where they shall be this and they shall be that. So there's a, a huge difference. So go back to where it needs to start from, where you have community members uh, that are in a broken wheel syndrome. Go back to the system and say, right, uh, what is the story here? When, when last did we have an election? Who are the members? Do they live or work in the area? Um, what are the factors that are hindering us? Let us look at our role here. What is our role? Who are we? So this is where it all starts, Chad. What needs to happen is people need to realize that by adorning or putting on a cap of a CPF or having a little noddy badge of a CPF doesn't make you a superhero. What it does is it gives you representation on behalf of your community, and one needs to sit on that and remember, never, ever forget your identity. I always tell my fellow members, You may call yourself a first responder. You may call yourself a patroller. You may call yourself whatever. Never ever forget that you're a representative of the community that you live in. You are one of that community that you're from. They elected you. You represent them. So it's not as though you are some superhero action packed entity that can go out there and perform miracles. You are what your community is. You will receive what your community gives. If you receive nothing from your community, you will have a broken wheel syndrome. If you have hindrances from your community, you will have exactly that showing in your physical structure. So my invitation to those people that talk about the patrollers and the community not coming forth, you will not have just that complaint, uh, Chad. You're going to have complaints about a CPF that doesn't work, a, a, a system that doesn't work. or. Words not being heard or the South African police not coming to the table, etc. The reason for that is our own homes as CPF members haven't been built properly. So build it properly, structure it properly, have the right representation, then take these bold steps forward. In a meeting with the uh, provincial commissioner of Hao Teng that occurred about three, uh, about a month ago in Hillbrow, the words of the provincial commissioner ring in my mind. It is what we wanted to hear all the while. And that is that the police cannot say no to a CPF. They're obliged to sit and discuss these issues. They're obliged to sit and manage it. They must deliver. And if they don't, then he would like to hear about it. A police uh, commander cannot say no to you. What he can do is give you reasons why and if you're not happy you can escalate it an example of this is in that particular area where people are complaining about a patrol system not working or a CPF structure not working or relationship between police and CPF not working it's very easy, where is your cluster board in this? If the station hasn't uh, made a, a note in their minutes, we're never going to know about it, so have they been alerted, take it to your cluster board, if your cluster board hasn't uh, addressed it. addressed take it to the provincial board. If the provincial board hasn't addressed it, there's a national board of CPF. So like there is a structure for the police, there's a structure for the CPFs. So very simply put, Chad, if you don't document something and have a good record of it and escalate it through the correct channels, you're never going to actually have the type of help that you need. This story about becoming chummy with the police and uh, crawling up to them and creeping up to them doesn't work. What works is a relationship where you know who you are, who you represent, and what your mandate is. And if you know these things, you will succeed extremely well in getting the issue of CPF business to hand. So what's happened here in, in instances you'll find is people had excellent relationships. Station commanders were removed or sector commanders were removed or uh, the they, um, um, whole system of policing was changed. For example, recently – um Police clusters were done away with, not CPF clusters. CPF clusters still exist, and they will exist until such time new elections take place, and I'm talking about CPF elections, and that we move forward. So for the general public, uh, if you look at Gauteng, for example, Gauteng has been changed into five different uh, districts. A district is now a municipal uh, demarcation. So that also would apply to your CPFs. They also become districts now. And in those districts, you'll have zones. Um, so for those people that didn't know, this is how the changes are happening. And if you want to know more, you're more than welcome to contact your cluster board or your provincial board. Uh, you can even write to me if you'd like to. Uh, send me an email if you want to. And you're welcome to. We can chat about it. Kuba Stein from from Town, writes, good day, Dr. Patel. The current CPF
1: structure um, in my neighborhood, which is Sophia Town, is currently rotten and inactive. How do I go about to change things and to bring about change to our CPF? Before you answer that, and, and Kubas, thank you very much for, for, for your message. And to those that send me messages, please add your name so we can give you a shout-out. Before you answer that, from a station... To a cluster, to a provincial, to a national level. How active are CPFs in South Africa at this present moment? Are they making a difference? That's the first part of the question. The second part of the question, when somebody like
0: Kourbis sends a message like this, what is your advice to him? Right. We have to benchmark a CPF to a standard. Now, what is that standard? So different areas have different standards. You'd find that a metropolitan area has a different standard versus something in the rural outskirts, etc. In terms of effectiveness, one can only gauge this if you have a collective input of information. There is no such thing at the moment. We are working towards it collectively to try and get a uniform type of information system where we can start uh, uh, monitoring, where we can start benchmarking, where we can develop best practice and say, but this one's not at even a 50% uh a rating to the benchmark, shall we help there, etc? How effective they are is a different story. It depends on the willingness and the involvement of that community. What has happened over a period of time is um, CPFs have become um, somewhat politicized in certain areas, other ones have become infiltrated by people who wish to make a rand or two out of the uh, community members by selling them radios, clothing and apparel, etc. So there's been a lot of negative influence on CPFs, and we're trying to get that home in order. We will fix it. It has to be done because that's the only uh, lawful body, legislative body that exists on, for the people to join to have their say in terms of policing, community policing. Um, many other organizations can come up and do exist, and there's nothing wrong with that. People can join them and be involved, but they're not a legislative body. They're a business. Um, and you asked about uh, Mr. Stane that has a complaint about something being rotten now, in order for us to be able to do anything about a rot, one needs to have have evidence of a rot. One cannot just make an allegation of a rot, and in in particular, this particular police station has had so much of allegations against the police against the uh, the community police forum members against anything, even The the street hawkers on the outside have had allegations against them from members of the public. So it needs to stop in the sense that people need to stop making allegations and bring forward the evidence that you have. Place it into a committed type of document, because remember, if you make allegations against a policeman, an action needs to be taken against them. There's the Labor Act, there's unions, etc. The person also has rights, and you cannot be unjustifi- unjustifiably uh, in a position where you're going to uh, go to his jugular and try and take him down or her down without this type of evidence. Let's have the evidence, bring that forward, and let's place that in front of the people. So, Kubis, you're welcome. Uh, I can, am I allowed to give my email? Answer? Of course. Yeah. Okay. So, it's, can I give it? Okay, it's police Board, all one, one word, at gmail.com. Okay, you're welcome to write to me at that email. I will come back to you. If it's in your particular area and I find that it's something that someone else should answer, I will send that back. That's in terms of the police board. So, yes, uh, Kubus Sophia Town, we've heard this a hundred times over, but where's the evidence? Please bring it and we'll action it for you. Do send it to me, howtenpoliceboard at gmail.com, and we'll action it for you. We're going to be giving you all the contact particulars at the end of the show. And one of the messages that actually just came
1: through is could you please send an email address? So we'll be doing that just now. We have a couple more questions. One is from Lanasia South. There's another question after that. But what we're going to do is we're first going to take a break so we can get all the questions in at once. You can WhatsApp us on 61 895-1019 Eight nine five one zero one nine. That WhatsApp number again is 61 You can SMS us on 34519 The SMS number 34519 And of course you can send us a tweet At Chai FM Now I'm going to play you most probably one of my most Favorite songs of all time And I'm playing this in honor of Freedom Day That we've just had on Saturday And that's Weeping by Brighton
0: You're listening
1: to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High FM. Uh, if you're tuning in now, I'm chatting to Dr. Reza Patel about CPFs, which were established um, after 1994, after our first democratic elections, as a way of getting the community involved in a police service, which had been transformed from a police force. Um, if you're listening to us live, we just played the song Weeping by Bright Blue, one of the greatest struggle songs, in my opinion, and a belated Freedom Day to you all. This past Saturday was Freedom Day. And coming up next week is our elections, the election be held after 25 years of democracy and I hope you are registered to vote on the 8th of May and I hope you get out there and you cast your ballot using your head and perhaps not your heart. If you want to know more about CPFs you can WhatsApp us on 0618951019 or SMS us on four. 34- Five one nine. We have a message here. It says we will need help and guidance to get this result from Lanasia South patrollers. In open, I'm open to send an email and learn and understand the ways forward in terms of a working relationship. Please do give your names. It would be appreciated. The same person says um, we, we, we we would appreciate any. Advice possible Well while we've got uh, Dr. Patel in the hot seat What kind of advice can you Give patrollers and may I ask you
0: This question are patrollers Considered force multipliers They most certainly are But they mustn't lose their identity Um, Remember that bib that they Wear which is a reflective jacket and so on Mustn't make or mustn't Change their psychological uh, Stature they must always Remain that the bullet is far more Powerful than what their reflective jacket is. If the criminals out there are shooting at uh, armed resourced police officers that have bulletproof vests, etc., they're shooting at them, you're not going to make any difference. So be sensible, be smart, and always remember, courtesy, kindness for your community is number one. Going out there and trying to be big and bold and brave and uh, arrogant to your own community doesn't help. Um, that's that's not what we're there for. So some advice is, if you want to really be a patroller, then understand what is patrolling about. Do they know what they're there for? Uh, are they not sure? They're welcome to contact me. I did give the email. I'll give it again. It's uh, Haoteng Community Police Board at gmail dot com. All one word. All lower caps. And they can talk to me via that measure. I'll, I'll actually give them answers that way. Talking about force multipliers, in South
1: Africa, we have a situation where there are more security officers than South African police service members, South African National Defense Force members, and correctional service members combined. And we now see, for the first time, joint projects involving the police, involving the provincial traffic Officials, as well as metro and municipal traffic officials, and joining them now more and more, we are seeing private security companies. Is this helping in terms of the force multiplying concept? Are these public private partnerships legal,
0: and where do we go from here? It is. Uh, it is definitely helping because you'll find that the police are not as resourced as we would like them to be, um, be it vehicle or manpower. They're not always. Uh, Very quick to a scene And you find that security companies CPFs etc Are the the ones that are there Within seconds or minutes Of an incident occurring So most definitely Are force multipliers Yes Uh, Is it the ideal scenario? No It should not be that way uh, remember in my travels to Germany Or to the US or UK Or even in the Middle East I noticed very distinct lines Between community and These very different aspects And I asked questions as to why, what, how And I found the answers Very interesting And if you look at our scenario There isn't such a thing as community policing Anywhere in the world except in South Africa And if you understand the concept Of community policing Or the concept of what it's meant to get to you'll find that these very enforced multipliers that you're referring to, the security companies, various forums that are out there, various groupings, should ideally follow a system where they are vetted, measured, uh, they are regulated, and they are all brought to a, a equal channel or equitable channel in terms of action. At the moment, we don't have that. What we have is everyone doing everything the way they think best. Question for Dr. Reza Patel, um,
1: and this is from the Lanesia South Patrollers. How do willing CPF patrollers in an area work where they do not have the backing of the local police station or its
0: members? What is the way forward to deal with this? Um, Document it in your meetings uh, so that we have evidence of this. There has to be a, a trail of this, there must be a portfolio of evidence built. You cannot really fault the police unless you've asked them. And if the juniors are messing around with the senior management, that is, it becomes evidentiary when we look at minutes of meetings. So start at your sector, table it there. Let it go to your, your um, station, table it there too. And if it doesn't get from there to the next level, that is an issue. But Laneysia South is an, a catchment which should be dealt with very quickly. Uh, so most other areas, and they're welcome to email me and we'll have a discussion. I must just tell you, Chad, 99% of these issues are a communi- communication failure barrier where somebody's developed a huge attitude or demeanor, and that's blocking the entire relationship. And what should happen is one discussion, one meeting, and it all goes away. So I invite them and anyone else that has this issue to please mail me at that email address, and let's get this issue dealt with. Uh, we can deal with it very quickly.
1: Remember, if you have questions um, for community policing forums, community involvement, force multipliers, the use of security companies, anything relating to the safety and security of our suburbs, you're more than welcome to WhatsApp Dr. Patel while he's on air with us on 061-895-1019 or SMS us on 34519. When we come back, I want to talk about another cap that Dr. Patel wears you 're listening to the confidential brief with Chad thomas on high FM very interesting conversation relating to the establishment of community policing forums after our one thousand nine hundred and ninety four elections the importance of community policing forums and having a police service rather than a police force. Um, you don't just wear the cap of your local CPF, your cluster CPF, and the provincial board. You also run an organization called the CCIN.
0: What does the CCIN stand for, and what exactly does it do? Uh, it stands for the Civilian Crime Intelligence Network. It started off initially as the Gauteng Crime Intelligence Network. What happened there is we got together because uh, many people got frustrated at red tape. Uh, people were finding hindrances. And what I found uh, at the time was that people were not talking to one another. So security companies were not talking with the CPFs. They were not talking with the police. Various police partnerships were not talking with one another, etc. At the offset, we came together because of an onslaught at uh, places of worship, which now five and a half years later is showing its face in a very ugly way. So that time we predicted this particular issue. We got together for that purpose. It then transformed into uh, a very uh, cumulative, collective uh, um, involvement, and what this is is um, it's a synergy of uh, a synergy that's created between partnerships. So you've got the police, you've got the metro police, you've got uh, security companies, CPFs, different uh, uh, forums. You know, they, they, there's so many entities out there fighting crime. And they're all part of this particular organization. Uh, they all uh volunteered to be part of it. They were not coerced or forced to be it. And in this particular relationship, we all recognize one another's uh, uh right to exist in their particular mandate. But when you're in this organization, you will then be part of a partnership, which is a bit different to your particular mandate in the sense that you share information, you talk with one another, we share technological advances. We share crime and related issues, trends. Uh, we create warning platforms. If there's a disaster, we create a platform for that in this relationship. So, you know, if you look out there, people have created their WhatsApp groups and they invite the whole world to it and so on. What we've done is we've created a vetting system the vetting is done by the South African Police Service. Uh, even if you're a CPF member, we'll still still run your details to see if something's the matter. We check on your social status. Do you really exist? What are you out there? You know, are you really what you say you are, etc. We also check if we have that kind of skill, etc. In there already, and if not, we'd like to attract it. This particular pool attracts uh, professionals from all walks, be it lawyers, doctors. Uh, architects, accountants, you name it, because all of those fraternities, sorry, not limited to those, but every expert professional out there, uh, the reason why we've drawn them in is because they also are very heavily exposed to these particular risks and threats, some in a higher level than others. And uh, we, we've we partnered and got relationships with uh, professors from different universities, etc., and drawn them into a relationship where we've said, we'd like to know how to do this. Uh, Remember, in in a singular uh, relationship uh, where you have uh, one person driving everything, you find that that will go for about two months or six months or a year. It becomes very boring, and that's the end of it. It it just uh, terminates itself. Whereas this one's gone on for almost six years now and very successful. And uh, at one point, we had to register an NPO for this because it became uh, very costly. And we don't impose any membership fees to our people, etc. We, we ask for monies out there when we have any event. Uh, but the, the system is structured to bring relationships and partnerships together in one collective aimed at bringing a solution to a particular issue.
1: We have a question in from Gerrit. I'm going to ask if you do have questions, try get them in by 5 to 1 at the absolute latest on WhatsApp 061 895 1019 or SMS 34519. Gerrit writes, as a longstanding CPF member, why on earth have patrollers been prohibited from using white top lights? These are very effective in acting as a deterrent for criminals. Saps keep talking about visible policing. This ruling is contrary to what we need. It looks like a power struggle. Without the static top light, we're a bunch of lame ducks Before I hand over to the doctor, this is, this is a point of contention um, Unfortunately, the law is quite specific It says white lights can be used on registered security vehicles driven by registered security officers And green lights by civil defense I see a lot of rescue companies um, I may be incorrect in, in my understanding
0: of the law and my interpretation of the law So Dr. Patella, how do you answer that question? Okay, there's a lawful answer which says that it's illegal Okay, then there's my opinion. My opinion is that if you want me to be a force multiplier, then please give me the ability to do that. So I would support Herod and say to him that as a, a a human being and as a crime fighter and as a CPF member and a CPF leader, I support that notion where CPF members should ideally be allowed to do that on the lawful side, what has happened, and one needs to understand why it came to a head is that people were jumping traffic lights. Uh, they were utilizing this and driving the wrong way on highways. They were utilizing it for their own obscure purposes. And it became in conflict with the national road traffic at, at a level where people started asking questions. Well, if this person can do it, why can't I? Security companies started mounting these lights above their vehicle uh, vehicles, and it's meant to be a static white light atop the roof, nothing that has a strobe effect yet you find security companies with the strobe effects. You're finding a lot of people with these dash mounts and you're finding them with roof lights. It's all illegal. When you go to um, uh, the testing station to have your vehicle um, checked in order that you can have the license done, you'll find that if they find this particular thing in the vehicle, they'll fail it. They're meant to fail it. The reason for that is it's not a standard feature on a vehicle. It's not SABS approved. It's not through the proper channels. So... There are many things that it contravenes, but having said that, it is my opinion, again, Gerrit, um, that I believe that it should be something that should be considered, which is why I must just tell you that in, me, in my executive meetings with the uh, police, Gauteng Police Board, I've tabled this. I've also tabled it at our meeting in Hillbrow with the provincial commissioner, openly in front of everyone that was there, that this is a need which must be heightened. It must be expressed. Our people are exposed to weather exposed to darkness exposed to threats at least these lights could provide the ability for them to be seen it's a hazard they're not using it as a form of authority it's being used in the form of visibility crime prevention and a hazard to warn people that something is not right in 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 the direction at which it is so an accident for example uh, would be one of those i'm going to upload to the confidential brief radio
1: Um, Facebook page just now. The actual standing order and the actual um, law in gym the Road Traffic Management Act Pertaining to blue, red, green and white lights And I must be quite honest with you I support what Dr. Riza Patel says That if it's a properly constituted CPF With properly constituted members Who form part of the patrolling function And our force multipliers That there should be some authorization given But that it should not be used In an incorrect manner and fashion It should only be used by members Who are on duty Who who are patrolling? Who are registered in the OB as having, you know, participating in these patrols, etc. Because there is a lot of confusion, and one drives around these days it seems like each and every individual has decided to mount a dash light in their vehicle just to look important, hoping that the traffic cops won't pull them over. We're going to take a short break. When we come back, Dr. Patel is going to tell us how we can get in touch with him with all these different organizations, with all these different hats that he wears. And more importantly, I want to know more about upcoming events involving the CCIN. You're listening to The Confidential Brief with Chad Thomas on High fm We have two more questions that have come in for our guest, Dr. Reza Patel, who sits at station, cluster and provincial level on CPFs and policing boards. And I regard as one of South Africa's foremost experts on community policing. One of the questions is, what happens if patrollers' um, issues have been addressed with the station manager via a meeting, but nothing has been done about it? And the second message is, some patrollers carry licensed firearms while on duty. What are the repercussions for using these for self Defence. So two questions. The first, if patrollers have issues that have been addressed with station management but haven't been addressed, what needs to be done about it? And secondly, can patrollers carry licensed
0: firearms? What are the repercussions thereof? Okay, The f- the first one was, um, was answered before. Uh, it must be moved to the cluster level. If it's not answered at cluster level, it must be moved to the provincial level. If nobody's listening to you, just send me an email. I'll get it to the right person. I'll get you an answer very quickly. Uh, regarding your miscommunication between you know your sector managers and so on, the second one about carrying the firearm it's a very sensitive issue. There are different interpretations thereof A person has the right to carry the firearm for their self defence but there is this interpretation that's come through from some way not entirely sure where that says that a CPF member who is going to be on active patrol may not carry their weapon. So we've spoken with attorneys about this to try and get a, a an opinion and the the opinion is very clear anything that is hidden away anything that's put away is legal um you know for people to carry but the temptation for somebody to utilize that when they are on that active function becomes heightened and this is where the issue is it's not necessarily the firearm but it's actually the the usage thereof why do you have it is it going to be something that you're going to want to utilize? You've put yourself in that position. It's not self-defense, is it, if you put yourself in that and somebody wants to shoot at you? So it's a very controversial uh, topic, that one, but we can certainly answer that. I do have another one that's come through, if you don't mind me asking. People have said um, asked me to please inform you uh, or inform your listeners about the elections of CPF that are coming up in a short while. I think I answered that just now, but... Very quickly, um, this particular question comes from Cookie, who is a CPF member from Benoni. What she's asking is in Afrikaans, but I'll interpret it in English. Um, the um, the uh, CPF involvement regarding the upcoming elections and what type of criteria is required. So, criteria: you must live or work in the area. Okay, so you either live there or you work there. Uh, it must be understood clearly. You must be a South African citizen, okay, so you must carry a a barcoded ID or new ID. The other thing is you must be free of a criminal record. Um, The strange thing is, and I shouldn't be saying this, is that you can be totally psychologically disturbed and you're entitled to (laughs) join a CPF. It's very strange how that works. But, yes, those are the three criterion, and that's what the answer is to that question. My last
1: question for you today, and you can follow with contact particulars thereafter, I was honored to be invited to a CCIN function um, in December last year that was held at the auditorium at the War Museum in Saxon World. Um, What does the CCIN have planned for this year, and what are their plans
0: going forward? We will always bring our people together. The convention is not just uh, to feed people. It is one where we share technology, we share ideas, we problem-solve, we discuss salient issues, senior police management are there. The, uh, the uh, Johannesburg city of Johannesburg successfully has been at our event year on year we 've had the MMC for community safety there we 've had the chiefs of uh, chief of Metro police uh, Iuliani Metro Police at our last one, which is very important uh, and um, At the next one, which is on the 29th of uh, June, uh, we are having another one. It is unfortunately for members only. The reason for that is that we have a very limited uh, uh, budget, and we depend on our members' inputs. We don't charge a fee to our members, but whenever we need, we ask members, can you contribute, and they transfer monies to our NPO, and that's what does the work. So, you know, we, we do look forward to some contribution to that NPO. It can happen. Uh, but, yeah, we're looking forward to a very positive one this year uh, in June. We may have one towards the end of the year again, but in this one we have new technology that's going to be discussed. We have the threats to places of worship, which is going to be heightened. We also have the issue about uh, the child uh, abuse that's occurring in schools, this bullying and uh, people getting killed, etc. And, of course, um, community mobilization in the form of community policing and all other structures that are out there. Last 30
1: seconds. If there's a security company, a CPF, or somebody involved in law enforcement that wants to get
0: involved with CCIN before 29th of June, how do they get hold of you? Chad, I can give you a link which uh, you can disseminate if you want to. Otherwise, it will be smarter if they sent me an email. If it's CCIN, uh, if they could please send me an email to um, CCI Network. but perhaps uh, our private emails might be smarter. Um, so send me an email to money at com money as in dollars and rands and cents, very nice email, money at iAfrica.com, and uh, small letters. Uh, And I will then immediately come back to them and reply, uh, you know, with a link. And it's not very difficult for us to look at them and see if they exist and so on. Dr. Vattel, thank you so much for your time today. An absolute pleasure. I look forward to being here again. I look forward to seeing you after the
1: 29th back in studio giving us feedback on the conference.